This episode is brought to you by Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma. When it's time for an aircraft component inspection, overhaul, repair, or replacement, you need experienced technicians you can trust and friendly service you can count on. Aircraft Accessories of Oklahoma, a family-owned business since 1959, delivers just that. Our techs have real-world experience and provide sales, service, and overhaul for piston engine aircraft accessories. We also have limited turbine capabilities such as fuel pumps, starter generators, and prop governors. And we can overhaul propellers ranging from fixed pitch to turbine. Propeller pickup and delivery service is available. And one more thing, mention this podcast to receive 5% off your next sale, service, or overhaul. Visit aircraftaccessoriesofok.com. This episode is brought to you by Genesis Aerosystems, a Moog company and leading provider of autopilots for rotor and fixed-wing aircraft. The Genesis STEC 3100 Digital Autopilot provides increased safety, decreased pilot workload, and is approved for over 200 makes and models. To learn more about the STEC 3100, visit genesis-aerosystems.com. That's genesis-aerosystems.com. AOPA presents Never Again, True Pilot Stories from the World of General Aviation. In this episode, a 210 flying in the Bahamas suddenly fills with blinding smoke. What would you do? Find out what one skilled pilot did in Smoke Screen by Todd Terrell. The last 30 years, I've owned the same Cessna 210, November 9464 Mike. With more than 3,500 hours logged in her, most of them over Florida or the Bahamas. 64 Mike has performed wonderfully with a few minor issues over the years, but nothing really serious. She can take nearly a 1,000-pound payload. Since we're often over water, we carry a five-person life raft, life jackets, a maritime survival kit, EPIRB, and UHF-VHF radios. I also carry a little dive bag. Ditching has always been an obvious possibility, so much so that the thought doesn't really bother me anymore. Pilots who have ditched 210s say they don't flip as long as you're slow and the gear is up. I've been flying in the Bahamas since 1978. 64 Mike and I have flown from one end to the other of the surprisingly large archipelago, which extends 600 miles from Walker's Cay off Palm Beach to Great Inagua, north of Cuba. It's a wonderful country, and if you have an airplane, there are many remote, beautiful, and unspoiled islands to explore. I'd taken off alone from Nassau early Saturday morning, heading west toward home in Naples, Florida. The weather was beautiful and clear with a slight headwind at 6,000 feet. I was relaxed. We make the trip often since my firm conducts maritime and environmental consulting work in the Bahamas. While talking to Miami Center about 15 miles off the west coast of Andros Island, a funny smell came to me, and then pow, the cabin filled with smoke almost simultaneously. Assuming the engine was on fire, I immediately started a 180-degree turn towards Andros, but could no longer see outside the cockpit. Switching to instruments, my report to Miami was something like, smoke in the cockpit, need heading toward nearest airport, North Andros. 
I was starting to gag on the smoke and could almost hear the collective gasp of the other pilots on the frequency. Everyone's worst nightmare unfolding. My senses focused on getting the windows opened to clear the smoke. No problem, since we do a lot of aerial photography with them open. The smoke thinned out a little. I still couldn't see forward, but out the window below was the beautiful blue sea on the shallow bank west of Andros. I decided to dive the airplane to try to snuff out the assumed fire and get closer to the sea. Then a better idea, slip the airplane to clear more smoke and get down to Mother Ocean even faster with my raft and survival gear ready to go. While in the steep descent, I was too busy for the radio and didn't ask permission, but I remember Miami saying, 9464 Mike, descend your discretion with a heading to San Andros Airport. The heading was what I'd instinctively rolled out on during the slip. Having flown the route hundreds of times, somehow I just knew. Miami's calm assistance and understanding was appreciated. 22 years prior to this incident, I was severely burned in a gasoline-fueled yard fire and decided that death by fire was not the way to go for me. While fire had not appeared in front of me, my hand was ready to go for the fuel shutoff if it did. I'm an ocean engineer and have always been comfortable around the sea and prepared to ditch someday. The slip was getting me closer to the ocean in case fire reared up and I had to cut the power. A vision of the flames leaping for the fuel tanks and the wings came to mind, and I just wanted to be near water. The wind was blowing on shore so I knew my raft would wash up on the west side of Andros. This was in my mind, which was preparing to ditch. The smoke cleared a bit more, and suddenly Andros loomed in front of me. No safe emergency landing there, nothing but bush, pine forest, and rocky terrain until the airport some seven miles inland. Ditching seemed better than a landing in rocky terrain with full fuel tanks, But suddenly it was too late as 64 Mike roared past the coast, doing 200 knots at 1,000 feet coming out of the descent. The engine seemed to be running okay, and the smoke continued to dissipate as the airport approached to my joy. Gear down, nothing. No gear motor noise, breaker checked, nothing. Executing the longest go-round of my life, I pumped the gear down and the green light showed just as the runway lined up again. Slipping the airplane a second time to less than 100 feet, the airplane landed in seconds with a thump. Still no fire, as 64 Mike taxied to a little ramp in San Andros. It wasn't even 8 a.m., but a mechanic walked out as I exited the 210, smoke still rising from the cockpit. Got a little problem? he asked. Big problem, I said, and then taxi. I didn't even want to talk about it at that moment, but asked him to investigate why the airplane filled with smoke so quickly and completely. Some friends own a lovely island resort on the east side of Andros called Kamalami K. They were at home, and that's where the Bahamian taxi driver headed. During the whole incident, I'd remained strangely calm and composed, but about halfway to my friend's home, the taxi had to pull over as I went out in the bush and threw up, trembling. 
Guess my old fire burn history came back to haunt me, and my mind was a mess for several days as my friends graciously cared for me. The mechanic called a few days later and said that the gear motor had kept running after retraction coming out of Nassau. No engine fire. I never noticed it running, just the usual sound of the gear clicking up into the retracted position. The gear motor was burned up, copper windings and all. The hydraulic fluid reservoir was also empty, but enough fluid was in the system to pump the gear down, which I'm told is by design. Good job, Cessna. The mechanic guessed the hydraulic fluid had become extremely hot and vaporized as the little motor cooked off. I don't know, but there was sure a lot of smoke from somewhere. I'm describing this incident to benefit other pilots, as never-again encounters have helped me over the years. The moral of my story is always keep your cool and get the airplane on the ground. Throw up later. It may not be as bad as you imagine, so never panic, ever. The Never Again Podcast is brought to you monthly by AOPA, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. You can find more Never Again stories online at aopa.org by typing Never Again into the search box. While you're there, check out AOPA's mobile flight planning app, AOPA Go, as well as the many free training and safety courses from the Air Safety Institute. Find all of this and more at aopa.org. The Never Again podcast is produced by Royce Earl. Thanks for listening. Fly safely. Fly safely.